Uh, today we're going to be talking about fruitfulness. Uh, before I begin, <coughs> before I begin, I want us to be clear about what fruitfulness is not. Um, it is often confused with our own personal selfish success. Like I want to be this, I want to be that. So I read a blog by um, this this writer, speaker, and marriage and family therapist called Nicole Zasowski. Um and she says this, which really helped me um, articulate this better. When we focus on being successful over fruitful, we lose the integrity of who we are. When we are oriented towards success, we try to change ourselves to be what others want us to be, to be the in thing, the cool thing, losing ourselves and our effectiveness in blessing others. When we are oriented towards fruitfulness, we are able to embrace our unique giftedness and shine where we shine best, trusting that we will be used in ways that we are uh, meant to be. Success is insatiable. Um, a, a drive for success uh, leads to a life that always demands more of us. It makes us feel as though we are never enough and peace never comes. Whereas a fruitful life begins with contentment. Contentment about who we are and joy about the unique gifts that we were given. Knowing our value is complete and untouchable uh, leads to our ability to bear true fruit. When I read this, um, I thought to myself, ever more so uh, than before, uh, people of the present day are growing to respect and aspire people uh, who are fruitful rather than successful. People who are, who are just authentic, who are being themselves, uh, rather than being this uh, success mongers and doing whatever it takes to get there. And um, we ideally, in theory, would love to choose to tread this fruitful path. But the reality is, if we have to be honest, your heart and mine is locked on success, selfish success. I want to be better. I want to do this. I want to do that. This heart of ours always wants more. And I'm sure you'll agree, especially living in Bombay, uh, oftentimes we find ourselves that life is literally being sucked out of us. You know, we're constantly running on empty. Um, how many of us can make with a vacation like 10 times a year? The, the reason why we're constantly running on empty is our, is our desire and striving for success. Now that we've identified uh, the issue, let's look at what Jesus has to say about fruitfulness. And we'll be looking into this book called John. Um, it is one of the four written accounts of Jesus' birth, his, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And uh, the context to where we are reading this chapter is, this is just before uh, Jesus is taken to be crucified. So this is towards the end of his mission, uh, almost before his death. So that demands our attention and our, our concentration all the more to what Jesus has to say. And this is a very familiar passage to New City uh, and to our, our philosophy. Let's, let's read this together. It's John chapter 15, uh, verses 5 to 12. I'll read it. I am the wine, you are the branches. Even before I begin, let, let's ask God to speak to us through a new way from this passage. Yeah, shall we do that? 
I am the wine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. These are the three things that we're going to be looking at this morning. The basics of fruitfulness, um, the process of fruitfulness, and the very key to fruitfulness. Yeah, are we on the same page? Let's dive straight into the first point. The basics of fruitfulness. Jesus is saying this simple thing. I am the wine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Some, some obvious facts, we all want to be fruitful. I, I can't think of anybody who wants to be like, I don't want to be fruitful. I just want to be like, you know, whatever. Um, we all want to be fruitful. The second basic fact is this passage says that it is the Father's will also for us to be fruitful. It says, this is, um, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Yeah, it is the Father's will. It is, it is my will. I want to be uh, fruitful. And it's my Father's will, the Father in heaven, for us to be fruitful. Then why do we experience seasons of fruitlessness? What is the fruit that Jesus is talking about here? Put in very simple terms, Jesus is talking about the kind of fruit that really helps his disciples be all that they were created to be and do all that they were created to do. And, and in other words, living life to the 100% God-given potential. That is being fruitful. In fact, this verse from the Bible, uh, this amazing follower called Paul writes this. He says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance, in advance for us to do. God has planned it to that extent. He wants us to be fruitful. But we live our lives as though the, words, the, the verse reads like this. I am the wine. My dreams are the branches. You just help me and my dreams grow. Does that sound familiar? I am the wine. My dreams are my branches. You just do whatever. Uh, water it. Uh, provide the sunlight. Do whatever and just make it grow. And this is not good. I mean, uh, let's be honest. How many of our dreams go beyond our own selves? Go beyond our own selfish needs? Go beyond our own selfish desires? God's dreams for us are bigger then not just our dreams, but then our very own selves. And his dreams are better for us 
as well as the community around us. It is better for the city around us. And, and uh, for about our own lack of goodness, uh, this is what this follower of Jesus called Paul again says. He says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. How many of us have the desire to do what is good? We desire to do what is good. But I cannot carry it out. He couldn't have articulated it much better than that. And the reason Jesus says you can't be fruitful is this. Apart from me, he says you can do nothing. It's in that verse. We can do nothing fruitful, uh, nothing uh, that, that really is for the good of us and for the community around us apart from Jesus. And this is quite uh, countercultural. Um, the world where we live, you're so often said, believe in yourself. You can do this. If you just dig deep into your soul, you have the strength to do this. You've got it in you. As humans, we really don't want to believe that we are just the branches who can do nothing by ourselves. Doesn't that render us powerless? Doesn't that uh, render us uh, probably a, a sense of uh, no in, inner worth? But, but what Jesus is saying is much more. Just, just hang on there. This morning, if we don't come to terms with the fact that we are just branches, and, and Jesus is the wine, uh, we're going to struggle with fruitlessness. Allow me to tell you uh, my story. Uh, Tarw and I, when we got married, we believed that this was the worst uh, that, that God laid on our hearts for our wedding and for our marriage as well. Uh, remain in me, apart from me, you can't do, you can do nothing. Remain in me and you'll bear much fruit. So we built everything around that. Um, starting from my proposal, um, I got her that ring which has this branch uh, design engraved in it. And, and our wedding card, it had this verse on it. And um, we, we, our wedding venue, uh, we couldn't get married in, in the Sula vineyard. So, so the next best thing that was uh, there is this beautiful tree that we found in the venue. And we felt this really captures what God is laying on our hearts. So we got uh, married under this tree. And we genuinely believe that this, we genuinely believe that this is the worst of our marriage. And this verse hasn't hit home uh, the way it has until about a couple of weeks ago. Over this year, um, close to a year, we've had our own share of ups and downs. We've, we've struggled um, to constantly remain in Jesus, the wine. Um, we, we, we prioritized a lot of things over this. I mean, uh, the, 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 how it played out was uh, be, uh, late night Netflix binging, Amazon uh, Prime binging, uh, uh, do fun things uh, by ourselves. And we've continued to do everything. I mean, even our work ministry, the ministry at church, uh, through all that, uh, through our own abilities. And over the last few weeks, I've, it, it started getting the better of us. It started getting the better of me. Um, we've been going through a season. We've been uh, experiencing a season, a, 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 a fruitless or rather a joyless season. 
and we've been struggling with it. We've, uh, how it plays out, we've, we've been feeling tired, exhausted. Um, uh, in the mornings, it's a struggle to wake up. Yeah, is that, is that uh, relatable? Is that familiar with us? And a uh, couple of weeks ago, we put this uh, couple of frames up on our walls to make it feel like our home. And one of these frames was this beautiful painting that Taru's cousin uh, painted. She painted the tree of life, and um, she put our, our, our names on it, and she put our wedding date on it. And we found it really beautiful, so we put it right above our bedroom. And just last week, uh, Taru wakes me up early in the morning. She says, come, I need to show you something. So... I'm like, okay, I, I woke up, I, I went and saw. There were termites in the frame. And it's not from our house, because less than a year ago, we got our house termite-proof, and we got pest control done. And we found this, and I literally lost my sleep over it. I, I, I had this strong moment of conviction. God shook me up in that moment. And he said, there's a reason why... This verse is the verse of your marriage. Remain in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't let these termites eat into what I have for you. And I, I've been realizing uh, over the past few weeks, uh, I, I, I tend to draw my, uh, my sense of worth and my sense of joy um, from the idol of my work. I mean, if, if things are going well, I'm at my best. I'm, go I'm going full throttle. But over the past few weeks, when, when, I, when, when I sat and thought, why am I experiencing this? Uh, I, I realized that I've been experiencing a sense of failure that has been overwhelming me. Sense of whatever I'm doing is not working. What is this? And I let that, I let that affect every other sphere of my life. I failed to remain in Jesus. And that incident where the termites started eating that frame of the tree of life, it really shook me up and God clearly spoke to me, remain in me. This morning, have you been experiencing this season of fruitlessness in your life? Uh, you probably able to, aren't able to articulate it yet or haven't yet realized this. Have you been feeling that you're not being able to live to your God-given potential? Have you been experiencing a season of boredom, uh, a season of uh, a, a lack of joy, that nothing you ever do seems to be working? Uh, yeah, I'm just striving and striving and striving, but it's just not happening. This morning, Jesus is reminding us that He is the wine. We are just the branches. The moment we start to try and do things on our own, we are as dead as those cut-off branches. So how do we grow in being fruitful? Um, and uh, if you're in this place of uh, being, uh, being uh, thrown down, kicked down, I can't help myself, how do we grow in this? Let's look at the process of fruitfulness. I like how Jesus doesn't give a pep talk on 10 proven ways to be fruitful in life. How many of us read those blogs on Facebook or Instagram, you know? Um, here's what Jesus says. Simple. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Isn't that simple? Sounds simple? It's surprising how much we as Christians don't really ask our wishes 
to the God who gives an open invitation for us to do so. Why don't we do that? We've addressed why remaining in Jesus is, is, is a struggle and we'll come back to it. But this, this part, I just want to focus on this thing. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Imagine someone saying that to you. Whatever you wish, it's yours. Imagine your boss saying that to you. Whatever promotion, whatever. If this is true, why don't we really ask our wishes to Jesus? I believe it's because at the core of our hearts, we all want to be fruitful or successful by ourselves with or without Jesus. We believe that we've got it. We can do it. Remaining in Jesus, although we know it's important, we don't believe it to make it a fundamental dominant wish of our lives. You know, there's a direct relationship between the remaining and the wishing. The Jesus particularly says, remain in me, because the natural posture of our heart is to remain in something. And our deepest wishes or desires reflect what it truly is, what we are actually remaining in. Just because our heart is not remaining in Jesus, it doesn't mean it's not remaining in anything else. For me, it was my work. I, I, I told you in that example. Now, let's take a moment and ask ourselves, what is the greatest wish or desire of our lives? Um, if we stepped into the Aladdin movie and we were granted one wish we could live by, what would it be? I'm sure like me, there are many things our hearts fancy and wish for more than just being able to enjoy a deep relationship with Jesus. If you ask me, right now, my, my highest wish is that Jesus grows new city. And he fills 20 downtown up. More than I want Jesus for myself and enjoy him. Let me bring this home to our hearts with a very well-known illustration known to all of us. Um, imagine an orphan child who's had a tough time surviving. Um, he's been on the roads, uh, really struggling, and, and uh, it's, it's literally like survival of the fittest. He doesn't have a place to live in, decent food to eat, uh, mostly survived through begging or pickpocketing or snatching food from other kids on the streets. And let's say this orphan is adopted as a son by Bill and Melinda Gates, right? It's going to take a long time for this guy to experience this feeling of sonship. For the first few months or years, because of his past, he's still going to have these strong urges to, to get his survival on his own. I mean, when he sees money, he'll probably have a strong urge to take it, steal it. Uh, he'll probably have a strong urge to snatch food um, off of uh, the, uh, their parents' hands, even though everything that they own and everything that, that is on their table is rightfully his. The truth of sonship is not experientially real yet in his heart. Allow me to submit that we are like this child. Even though the God of all creation, 
our Father through His perfect uh, Son's work on our behalf has called us and invited us and adopted us as children. Our hearts are still captivated by the little things that God can do for us. Jesus is saying, first remain in me. Firstly, understand who I am. Enjoy who I am. Experience all that I am to you. And from this place and this context, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. This is real fruit. Going back to the example, do you think if the, the adopted child knew that his parents were Bill and Melinda Gates and understood all that they are and everything that they are to him, will he still have these urges to do the things of his past? Let that sink in for a moment. Let us try and understand and experience all that our Heavenly Father is to us. And if you're at that place, what is our primary wish this morning going to be? Is it still those things that He can do for us? Or is our primary wish this morning is, Jesus, I really want to enjoy you. I don't think I really know you. I really want to experience all that you have and all that you are. I want to enjoy this relationship with my father. Is, is that going to be our primary wish? This, the, Jesus doesn't give a to-do list. He says simply, ask the father. Ask the father. Only if we genuinely feel this need to ask the father for it, he then gives us this key of remaining in him. Let's, let's look at the key of remaining in him which leads to fruitfulness. He says simple, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So how do we do this? He says, if you keep my commands. Now you'll be like, hang on there for a moment. Are you telling me that I have to adhere to a set of rules, a set of commands uh, to receive this love. Hang on there. Hang on there. He says, we keep the commands and remain in Jesus' love as we keep, as we keep seeing Jesus keeping his Father's commandments and remaining in his love. What, how can we see Jesus keeping his father's commandments. What is the command? The command is, my commandment is in verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Jesus loved us by seeing us in our misery. He saw us as these miserably lost orphans. Uh, he, he, he stepped out into the, our world, into our misery, and he showed us who a perfect father could be who a perfect son is. And, and throughout this book of John, you'll be surprised at how many times Jesus just refers to his relationship with his father. My father is this, and I am, I am in my father. I enjoy my father. There's so many things just talking about his relationship with the father. Where, 
and and he bore so much fruit out of this relationship and out of remaining in him but he took all our misery and all our fruitlessness upon himself he took the very thing that keeps us and stops us from running to our heavenly father he keeps he took everything that keeps us from from knocking and and running to the father and presenting our wishes to him he took our sin upon himself and jesus hung on that cross and like that branch which was which a fruitless branch which is cut and burnt jesus although bearing much fruit bore our punishment and was cut and burnt on the cross where the father punished him for our fruitlessness we deserved it we deserved it instead the fruit of his perfect life is gifted to us is gifted to us i still know we struggle with keeping uh, these uh, this these disciplines that jesus has for us how do we remain in him through his word uh, through through uh, spending time in community uh, through through uh, through worship i know we struggle to do this on a daily basis how do we go about this let's take heart from the disciples experience Jesus gave this 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 uh, instruction to the disciples first hand. He said remain in me and apart from me you can do nothing. Remain in me and you'll bear fruit. And right after this Jesus went to the cross and in the very next moment after receiving this instruction all the disciples deserted him. They 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 ignore they they literally said I don't know this guy. They betrayed him. right in the next moment but what gave them power what radically changed them to remain in jesus and do all that they did in the world was they saw this resurrected jesus and when they received the holy spirit the holy spirit made this resurrected jesus alive in their hearts when we see Jesus powerful love displayed through his death and through his resurrection it gives us the power to obey while we may not receive Jesus love on the basis of our obedience we remain in it as we respond to his love in obedience this too is a work of grace empowered by the holy spirit we received it free jesus died and he paid that price we remain in it also through his empowerment as we respond to this love that's why jesus said remain in me as i remain in my father and keep my commandments as i have kept if you're not a follower of jesus this morning what can you take away from this what is it that our hearts deeply wish for this morning what is it that if we had it in our own terms we'd say i am sorted for the rest of my life i don't need anything else what is it
take a minute to reflect on it and ask yourselves, let's ask ourselves, if we indeed get this thing, what our hearts really want, will we be content and satisfied? Will this really satisfy the longing of our heart in the long term? Whether it's money or fame or influence, uh, we've, we've seen many examples around us where people enjoyed these things. We probably had our own share of seasons of success where we felt on top of the world. But how long did that last? This morning, Jesus is inviting us to a relationship with a father who can truly, deeply satisfy our hearts and souls. The father who says, whatever you wish, I will give it to you for my glory. It is my desire for you to be fruitful, to, to be all that I created you to be. Friends, Jesus, the perfect son, died so that we orphans can be adopted to enjoy this exchange, this relationship with the Father this morning. Would you want to respond to Jesus' love? For those of us who are believers, um, have we truly been uh, enjoying the fruitfulness and joy that is rightfully ours in Christ Jesus. I guess I told you, I've been struggling with it. This quote really sums up our journey on most days as followers of Jesus. It is by um, this Bible scholar called D.A. Carson. He says, no one is more miserable than the Christian who for a time hedges in his obedience. He does not love sin enough to enjoy its pleasures and does not love Christ enough to relish holiness. He perceives that his rebellion is iniquitous, but obedience seems distasteful. He does not feel at home any longer in the world, but his memory of his past associations and tantalizing lyrics of his old music prevent him from singing with the saints. He is a man most to be pitied, and he cannot remain forever ambivalent. Have we been trying to juggle around this? Jesus, I'm enjoying you. I don't enjoy you enough to obey and, and to, to have these disciplines for me to remain in you. But I don't, you know, I mean, the world is sort of messed up, so I can't engage there also. I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I'm kind of feeling stuck in between. And this is leading to a sense of joylessness, a sense of fruitlessness. If this is the condition of the hearts this morning. Jesus is more powerful than anything that is contending with him for the affections of our heart. It is more, he is more powerful. This morning, ask the Father. Ask the Father. This is what I am struggling with. And my wishes, my only wishes, Jesus, I want to enjoy him. I want that joy that is mine. I want the joy that he, that he uh, earned for me on that cross. I want to experience this. Would you help me? Would you help me respond in obedience? Allow me to pray. 
Jesus, this morning, like we sung, our heart's desire is you. Jesus, we are hungry for you. We are desperate for you. We are longing for you. Our hearts are doing this juggling game and it's not going well for us. We're doing this uh, slow dancing, prancing around, uh, jumping from one boat to the other, and it's not going well for us. Would you, would you give us, Holy Spirit, would you give us the power to remain in Jesus? Would you give us the power that will help us remain in Jesus? Not just now, in, in the here and now, but on a Monday morning, when all we can think of is our work and getting there and doing everything, would you help us pause and help us remain in Jesus? Even at work, when everything is fighting for the, our attention and our affection, would you help us remain in Jesus? Jesus, we want you this morning. We want you. There's nothing else that we want more than you. Come and saturate us, fill us satisfy our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.